expect uh, when we get that statement at 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. The real question, I think, and I've been saying this, is is which Jay Powell shows up at the podium? Is this going to be conciliatory? Is this is this Santa Claus Jay Powell? Or is he going to be resolute and say, we may be reducing the pace at which we are raising interest rates, uh, but the job is not anywhere near finished. We still have a core CPI that is at 6% year over year. That's three times our target. So it would be premature to say that the job is done. And that I don't, I, I think markets are really struggling with that today since we're seeing a lot of back and forth in these major indices. Right, and that's the whole thing. So the Fed doesn't want to surprise us with doing anything that hasn't been telegraphed. So we're getting this 50 basis points. Um, are you in the camp that the Fed is still very hawkish? We've heard from Jay Powell saying, look, it's going to take as long as it takes, and we will just do this process longer, and we will go higher for the terminal rate. I mean, how long do you think we're going on this process? So I think it's to distinguish between kind of the wrecking ball really quick uh, hiking cycle that we've seen since they first met in March and first raised interest rates. I think it's critical to distinguish between that and let's say for the February 1st FOMC in 2023, let's say it steps down to 25 basis points or maybe even the Fed pauses. At, at the same time, you've got the Fed shrinking its balance sheet, quantitative tightening, and they've actually caught up with uh, the, their stated goal in terms of how many treasuries they wanted to allow to roll off that balance sheet. As long as that continues and Jay Powell manages to keep the, 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 the terminal rate, maintain that at a high level into well into 2023, I, I think that markets will certainly not appreciate that. Nicole, you and I have been around these markets for a, a few years here and there. Market participants are used to the Fed turning on a dime and easing interest rates and, and, and beginning to lower rates, not continue on with quantitative tightening in the background and holding rates at a high level. Right. Uh, that was very kind of you. We have been around for a few of these. <laughs> uh, that being said, so the back half of next year, there's a lot of folks betting. On, on a turn. Um, you know, they certainly won't cut as much as they've raised, but there are a lot of folks I'm hearing who are betting on some sort of turn, even black swan events that the Fed is going to have to make a move on the other way. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that you have to. There, there's a difference between what I call a controlled demolition. In other words, one weak player to be washed out of the system at a time, one bankruptcy at a time. You you see kind of a slow bleed in the economy, and then something that's systemic in nature, where there's a contagion that that breaks out, and the Fed would indeed, in such an occurrence, be forced to ride in quickly uh, and 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 prevent systemic risk from spreading throughout the financial system. You know, it's just it's a non-starter you absolutely have to ride to the rescue if there's a major event if there's not i think that we're going to have a different jay powell than bernanke or yellen or alan greenspan than any of us are have grown accustomed to over the last 40 years so at this point now when we think about the consumer uh, what's your advice to the consumer i remember very clearly when you told us uh, households better just start saving um, and that was good advice because it's it's uh, took a while, but we got here and rates are very high. Things are very are costing a lot of money. Um, even if you use your credit card, your credit card rate now is higher. What's your advice now? 
you know, there are some extremely, I mean, unheard of rates at which you can take the savings that you still have and, and put it in a money market fund and, and get a great return while you possibly wait out what's happening in the broader markets. You wait and see how exactly this recession is going to play out. So there's something to be said for not carrying a lot of variable rate credit card debt in an environment like this. And I would add to that that keep your powder dry because we have seen the, the worst buying conditions for U.S. housing in generations plural, but we really haven't seen a seller capitulation yet. So I would wait that out as well, especially if, again, we're going to see mortgage rates maintained at a high level. They've come down off their highs, absolutely no doubt, but they're still so much higher than the two, two and a half percent we've grown accustomed to. Right, understood. And so at this point now, what do you say to folks about the soft landing? Um, there are some who think that if we do get a recession, it will be mild and short-lived. What do you say? You know, I, I certainly think that that is a best case scenario for there to be a short and shallow uh, recession. My greater concern is that, you know, what we told Quill's clients heading into December is let's see if the layoff announcements slow down right before the holidays. That, that might be a good sign. We really haven't seen that. We've seen more than 105 companies close just in the first 13 days of December. And that is a, a level we haven't really seen since 2009. Uh, in addition to that, 45% of Americans anticipate the the unemployment rate is going to rise. The last time we saw that out of the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment data was in December 2007, the beginning of a very long and drawn out 18-month recession, uh, the great financial crisis. Right, understood. So at this point now, when you think about the international picture and where we stand with oil or any other issues, China has a reopening. They're easing COVID, I guess, to a certain extent. It really isn't even clear how much they are, are easing because I think people interpret that differently. But with oil today, it's $75 a barrel. I mean, it, much, it could easily go to $85 a barrel or 95 I mean, or maybe it goes the other way. You tell me. What, what are you watching now? So I think right now see the, the degree of demand created potentially by China reopening. And from everything that I've been reading in, in overnight periodicals and what have you, and listening to in, in Asian news, the, the Chinese healthcare system right now is absolutely overwhelmed. So I think you, you know, we could be getting ahead of ourselves in saying that China reopening is going to push oil prices up appreciably, and rather that it right now reflects the demand destruction that we've seen. You are indeed seeing fewer Americans planning to take vacations, and that is, I think, one of the reasons we've seen uh, prices come down. You know, I, I, my cautionary uh, uh, word of advice out there is I can't handle Mother Nature. And uh, last check, the, the, the weather says that there are feet of snow, plural, uh, being dropped across the United States. You know, heating bills could become very problematic for U.S. families this winter. Yeah. yeah. I hope we get to talk again soon. Uh, we'll have the big Fed meeting on the 14th of December, and then we'll have the next one, January 31st, February 1st. We'll actually get the next announcement. So we'll have a lot to talk about going forward. Danielle DiMartino Booth, wonderful to see you. Thank you so much. CEO Quill Intelligence, former Dallas Fed advisor. Thank you.